When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke. I'm joined by Ben White here on assignment here from the Coliseum. Arizona Falls 43-41 in triple overtime. All right, there's a lot to digest here. Obviously, everybody is... Uh, is um, hearts racing. We're the, sweating. Look the, at us. The hearts are racing. <laughs> everybody knows what's going on there. First and foremost, though... I think we found a quarterback right here. Um, obviously, there's there's some tough things to take away from this game. Nobody likes the way that this handle was handled uh, at the end. But Noah Fafita is that dude going forward right here, Ben. And I don't think there's any question about it. Um, he has a command of the offense out there. Even when he struggles a little bit, there is a sense of poise, a sense of confidence that we have not seen from other quarterbacks um, not named Noah Fafita this year. The one thing we do know is that Arizona's got their quarterback, and I think the city will riot if Noah Fafita is not the quarterback the rest of the season. Yeah, a lot to unpack here in this game. What a what a wild night here at the Coliseum, but you're exactly right on Fafita. I mean, 25 to 35, five touchdowns, went toe-to-toe with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, was absolutely fantastic, did make a handful of mistakes, but I don't care, Mike. You come into an environment like this, this is the Coliseum, this is Caleb Williams. This is a top 10 team in the country that's talented, loaded left to right all over the roster. And Arizona was in this game up until the very last play of the game, man, in what turned out to be a hell of an overtime. Yeah, and I think what's I think what's frustrating for so many people right now, and again, we're going to get to all of this. Tony Jones right in here, back in the A as always. Um, a couple things, though, that uh, we, we got to talk about, though, first is this was Arizona's also got to look themselves in the mirror a lot in this game because the, some of these penalties, some of them now, again, we're going to get to the officiating because the officiating was absolutely atrocious, but some of these, uh, some of these penalties this team had were just unexcusable or inexcusable, especially on the uh, defensive side of the ball. That can't happen here, especially when you're playing a team like USC on the road, Arizona was sloppy on defense in the second half. It came back to bite them. Obviously, it wasn't the reason they lost the game. There's a lot of good to take away from it, but this was still overall, though, there was some good. There was obviously some really uh, good stuff with Fafita, which we're going to go into detail. But in the second half, this team was really, really sloppy and let SC hang around. And otherwise, what was a good defensive performance by the U of A? A good defensive performance for sure. Um, Four penalties in that third quarter alone when they had, I think, two the whole entire first half. And 
it was just timely penalties. I mean, it, it killed you at the absolute worst time. I mean, that roughing the passer on third and long that put USC in the red zone and, and it let up an easy touchdown. And unfortunately, when you make those kind of mistakes, Mike, uh, your defense is going to put the ball back in somebody like Caleb Williams's hands. It's going to make things tough. And as you saw tonight, it's hard to get into a shootout with a team like USC just because they have so many weapons because Caleb Williams is a guy who can make a play when there's no play, as uh, our buddies here at USC Radios, we appreciate them letting us use their studio uh, made on the broadcast when talking about Caleb Williams. So heck of a performance all around. Um, but the penalties were concerning for sure. Um, Arizona just made a lot of critical errors at the worst possible times. And um, margin for error is very, very slim in a game like this, because when that happens, you know, USC, when you put the ball back in their hands, I think that drive following that uh, third and long penalty that resulted in uh, being a roughing the passer call, I think you let up five first downs, I think, after the right. next two drives for USC. And that just essentially put them right back in this ball game. And we talk a lot about momentum and the momentum at that point just swung for USC. And um, Arizona got very fortunate uh, with that field goal, the way uh, the snap was high and it was blocked and uh, took us to overtime. But Arizona got uh, bailed out. But USC also got bailed out as well tonight. Yeah, USC. I mean, you know, it, it worked on both ends. But let's talk about Noah Fafita here because he was the star. I've been, and take it for what it's worth, because I'm Mike Luke uh, tr- uh, in some uh, press box looking down on the USC stadium. Jed Fish is a millionaire. Take it for what it's worth. But I've felt from pretty much all season that Noah Fafita needs to be that uh, needs to be that guy. Look at how many times, and I was talking with another member of the uh, media, look how many of the simple passes that Noah Fafita makes to complete first downs, to keep drives moving, that just doesn't happen with, uh, with uh, Jaden Delora in there. And again, sure. Jaden Delora has done some really good things, no doubt about it. But Jaden Delora, you get the sense way too often is going off script, looking to chuck the ball deep, yeah. uh, throw the ball out of bounds, whatever. Noah Fafita takes what's there, but he's not just that guy that is just taking it there and just doing the simple Alex Smith check down. He is also a dynamic playmaker, as the stats have showed right here. I mean, you look at his numbers right here, 25 of 35, five touchdowns, 303 yards, made the big plays when he needed it, uh, when they needed him to. And again, if and a couple, a lot of people have said it on there. Jed Fish, I know, wants to start Jaden Delora. He has made that very, very clear. Um, if Jaden Delora starts the next game for Arizona, you are going to have an incredibly frustrated and very upset fan base. And let's be honest, deservedly so. We'll get to that last play call there. Noah Fafita won that job, and I believe he's won that job with his last two performances, having better games against top 10 teams than Jaden Delora has had all season. I'd be shocked if uh, Fafita does end up losing that job. I mean, listen, I mean, we all saw what he did last week, toe-to-toe with Washington. You only lose by seven. And then tonight, he is the single reason why Arizona was in this game at the end. He is an absolute freak when he needs to be. But at the same time, he's calm, cool, he's collective, and he can move the ball down the field, and he takes that smart play. I think there's a point where we turned to each other at the game, sitting next to each other. I think it was third and three, and right. Tanner McLaughlin was just you know under the check down and um, – wide open right and and that's a play that we've seen all year um that's a play that the coaching staff has has definitely called pretty consistently because they want to get the tight ends involved and they just want to make passing plays easy for the quarterback somebody like jdl is not going to take that play 
And we've seen it time and time again where this kid the last two weeks when he's pushed up against a wall, whether it's pressure, uh, whether maybe the um, the receiver that he's trying to go to, whether it's T-Mac or Cowing isn't wide open, he's able to improvise a little bit. And at the same time, if there's an easy two, three, four yard play in front of him, he takes it. And that's what's so important in college football with the way the new clock rule is set up. Um, a lot of teams come out with victories these days when it comes to who wins that time of possession. And Arizona did a heck of a job controlling the tempo of that game, um, mostly throughout the first half. USC only had the ball, I believe, in that first quarter for two minutes, right. something like that. So Arizona was able to set the tone, dictate. I thought they could have done a better job in that first half getting the running game going, but they were able to do that at times in the second half. And Arizona just controlled the pace of the game when it matters. And that starts and ends with Noah Fafita. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the running game. Jonah Coleman is an absolute monster. Um, we got we love Michael Wiley on this show. Michael Wiley is a really, really good football player. Jonah Coleman's different. Our buddy Justin Spears was right next to us, and he called him mini beast mode. And that's kind of how he runs. He runs a lot like Marshawn Lynch, and which leads me to probably the uh, the one play that I that everybody was stunned by. That last play in overtime in that third overtime. I have no idea what you were doing there. You, in my opinion, you put that ball in Noah Fafita's hands right there. Nobody was fooled by that play whatsoever there, Ben. Um, you watch it, especially with that pitch. That could have been – he would have been tackled for a five-yard loss by ten, nine different USC. Yeah, you saw it a mile away. You saw it a mile away, and it wasn't even cleverly disguised. Listen. Noah Fafita got you in that position right there, continuously bringing you the ball down the field. You have got to get in. You've got to let him make that play right there. Plus, it's a learning experience. Assuming this is your quarterback going forward, these are the kind of games that really build right there. That was a very disappointing play call at the end. Again, Jed Fish has done a great job uh, uh, building this roster up, no doubt about it. But there are times, too, and I'm not breaking any news, there are some times when he gets too cute out there. There's too many trick plays that don't really fool anyone. This wasn't a trick play, but that play was never going anywhere, Ben. It was not, and you saw it a mile away. I mean, being up here in the booth and everybody on TV, I mean, the way that the defense just kind of keyed in on that sideline. And you're exactly right. I think that's what's so frustrating. And, you know, Fish is all well and good, done great things here the last couple of years. But from a play calling standpoint, whether it's the red zone, um, whether it's the quarterback thing, uh, when it comes to the challenges for Jed Fish and what has held Arizona back on the offensive side of the football, it's been that play calling in the red zone time and time again. And when you're in that position and you're able to move the ball with a guy like Coleman running up the middle, and Fafita is hitting the easy four to six yard passes every single play, the way they were able to build momentum there at the end of the fourth quarter. I just don't understand why you, you, you go away from what's working. If it's if it's not broken, no need to fix it. And it just seemed like Arizona outthought themselves there. The pressure got to them. It got to their head just because I think it's so dynamic what Caleb uh, Williams did there on that two-point conversion that, that got them the lead there in overtime. Um, Arizona just, I think, got in their own head and, and right. tried to get a little bit too cute and went away from what was working. And it was unfortunate because, um, you know, if if Arizona puts the ball in Fafita's hands, we might be having a different conversation right now. All right. Now, you uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Pinto, uh, Pinto just says, if you run that play, at least spread the defense. Totally, <laughs> totally 100%. right. Again, yeah. you already there. That outside was already contained right there. And it didn't even look like there was a chance to check out of that. Um, one, uh, we got to give a big shout out to Jacob Cowing in this game. Cowing was absolutely fantastic. And honestly, outside of some of the rough play from the deep, uh, some of the mistakes from the defense, 
the there was a lot to like about this defensive performance. We're going to get to that in a second here. But first, I will tell you what, I'm withdrawing because I am in L.A. and I have not seen a Circle K around here anywhere. I am uh, not happy about it. I can't wait to get back to Tucson and find my Circle K. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. All right. Now, um, a lot of people are commenting on Chief. Here's the thing with Chief. Arizona could beat Alabama by 30 points, and he would say that uh, the, uh, Nick Saban gave the game away. Dudes like that. <laughs> All right. Now, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about the defense here a little bit. Arizona in this game, four sacks, six tackles for loss, and, and Ben White. Look at this, and this is the part that uh, Michael Lev kept bringing up, and I thought was you know such a great point. You held you held that uh, you held that entire team to less than 350 yards of total offense right there, and you look at what Arizona was able to do. You had over 500 yards. This was a big time performance by the U of A right here defensively. It was just mired by so many frustrating penalties yep. now again some of those uh some of the penalties i think were nonsense this was some home cooking i don't think there's any doubt about it even some usc people were here were saying well probably got away with a few of them there so the uh that part is something to be but overall if you take away the penalties this was definitely a performance that everybody could be very proud of 100 percent. and i think the number that does it for me is caleb williams only had one touchdown Right. That's insane. I mean, the way the guy that's made plays all game, the way and the fact that USC has scored, you know, 50, 55 points in all of these games. Granted, I, I get some of them are non-conference games, but but still, that's a dynamic offense. That's arguably the best offense in college football. And you held them for under 35 points the majority of that game, which is a heck of a performance to the defense. It goes back to what we've talked about with that defensive line. You've got the talent and the depth up there that you haven't really had in, in years past. And Arizona made Caleb Williams uncomfortable. And it, it occurred at key times. I mean, I can think of a couple of drives, especially in that first half and, and later in that second half where USC was pinned inside their own 25. And um, not that Arizona had a, a ton of sacks. They did have a couple of sacks on Caleb Williams, but they made him uncomfortable. And they made him really think twice about throwing that deep ball for the majority of that game. Now, granted, there were times where uh, the, the, the ball was chucked down the field and things opened up for USC there in the second half. But I, I thought the defense was fantastic, Mike. And especially with the way the offense stalled at times throughout this game, the defense really in a way kept Arizona in this game for a long time. And then they made big plays at big moments right there. Now I'm going to take some uh, exceptions here to uh, let's see here. Um, we have somebody in here saying that uh, the, the USC, that USC stinks. USC is not a good defense. We totally agree with that. USC's offense though is about as good as there is in the country. And I'm not breaking any news there. You've got the best player in the country and you've got a plethora of receivers that are going to play in the NFL, running backs, offensive line. The This team can be very, very proud of the performance they put forth from the defense outside of the, outside of the penalties. Sure. But again, this was also a little frustrating, though, because this was not a... And again, we generally don't talk about the officials on this show, but this was not a well-officiated game And that some of these uh, roughing the passers were really, really ticky-tack. I get that we're in the new era of football, sure. but some of these were very, very minuscule and were not impactful on the game. By the way, uh, Bear Down Ray, I do apologize. The reason I don't have the giant uh, uh, U of A uh, Bear or U of A 
giant build hat is because, well, when I'm in the press box, believe it or not, it's probably not the best thing for me to bring that in. So that's kind of where we're at with that one. Um, But overall, this defense, though, and it was really cool seeing some of these other guys emerge out here right here. My guy Deuce Davis right here. Uh, A lot of people thought that he was going to be one of the starters this year, and he had uh, two and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, five tackles overall. Obviously, he had a big game. Isaiah Ward, Justin Flo, who we're going to get to here in a minute. But the D-line, the D-line outside of some bonehead plays really, really uh, stood out there. And let's be honest here. This defense has been pretty good all season. There's not much that we can complain about. Yeah, look, I mean, when you have a defense that holds Washington, the number one offense in all of college football, to to under 40 points, I mean, that's a heck of a job right there. And granted, there were some injuries on the USC offensive line that did help them tonight. But like you said, Mike, I think the telling part about tonight is I think Norton and Upshaw and all those guys are fantastic, but how many different guys emerged tonight? And right. you expect that to see that against maybe NAU or a, a lesser opponent, but you don't expect that to see you expect to see that necessarily against USC. So Arizona's got the depth. I mean, right. they really, really do. They're talented. And I think it's pretty hard to argue with the way that this defense has played. There's not a game if this defense is healthy, if they're doing what they need to do with the way they play and keep Arizona in games as the offense has kind of been a work in progress here. Um, there's not a game where this defense can't keep them in a game, especially like this. And you've got to be hopeful and you've got to be very happy with that just because of the caliber of offenses you're going to see um, in the Pac-12. You saw it here tonight, two-point game. You saw it last week against Washington, seven-point game. And um, the trend's only going to continue with Washington State and UCLA and and a number of just dynamic offenses that we we have throughout the Pac-12. So this defense is legit, man. It's All legit. Right. All right, P-Posh, the great P-Posh. I would agree with you entirely here. This was a really good showing again, but I think we should have gone for two after the first OT. From your mouth to God's ears or God's mouth to yeah. your ears, whatever that phrase is, yes. Yes, yes. You are on the road against a top 10 team that, we can be honest here, is better than you. Go for that. Go for that right there because you know what nobody's going to say? Man, can you believe that Jed Fish went for two in the overtime? Couldn't agree with you more right there. You go to end that game because, honestly, I don't want to give the ball back to Caleb Williams because, quite frankly, that's probably what's going to happen is the longer you go, the more that the best player in college football is probably going to have an impact in the game that you wouldn't otherwise like. Ben White. Yeah, especially when you're in a, an overtime situation, just with the way the rules are structured. We're not talking about Caleb Williams having to drive 90 yards down the field. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty easy task for him to go 20, 30 yards into the end zone. And I don't care how good your defense is, especially at that point in the game where you're tired, you're worn down. The adrenaline is obviously flowing, but you don't want to get into a situation where you can beat USC in a shootout because 99% of the time, I don't care if you're Arizona, I don't care if you're another team. It's just not going to happen when it's that close. Right. And I would have liked to see Jetfish be a little bit more aggressive there. I would have liked to see a, a much better play call there on that last two-point conversion. But uh, you know what, Mike? The fact that they are here at this point and the fact that they got to overtime and the fact that we're even having this conversation, to me, is, is still pretty remarkable. Yeah, and, you know, you look at some of the uh, comments right here. Again, we we said it after uh, we said it after last game, and again, mindful that you know these are all college kids and everything, and this is strictly uh, performance based on the field. Tucson's kind of out on JDL. Um, Noah, this needs to be the Noah Fafita era right there. Um, and not only does it need to be the Noah Fafita era, it needs to be the Noah Fafita era going forward here. Yeah, just he 
he commands the locker room and I'm not meaning I, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but whenever I put out a tweet right there saying that Noah needs to be the starter, generally 15 to 20 parents or family members of players on the team like that. They, he is, he's the dude that commands the respect in there. And that's just kind of the way that uh, it's just kind of the way it is. Now you look at the, uh, you look at the, um, this uh, schedule going forward, there's a there are games to be had here and Ben if you could pull that up a little bit later so we can talk about that one um but there are games there are definitely games to be won here the JDL commands I'm not going to even go with that one right there but that but that is funny right there um one thing again a lost highway said will uh Jed as far as play calling Jed to me is kind of a mixed bag um yeah Obviously, you can see that the offense is much better under Fafita. You can see what exactly he's trying to get done right there. But at the same time, there are also uh, there are also opportunities like at the goal line where you're running the ball three straight times and you're getting stuffed each time. Dude, throw that ball in second down right there. You got a quarterback right there. The second you allowed Noah to throw that, he got that ball into the end zone. Go for the two-point conversion, same thing. The kid's sharp. The kid gets it. And um, he's got two great receivers. Now, a lot of people have mentioned this, and I totally agree with this. Arizona's got to figure out this third receiver situation here. Um, Dorian Singer, uh, I know that he didn't have anything today. Take that, Dorian Singer. You made a mistake, my friend. I don't care how much money you made. You made a mistake. But Montana Limonius Craig ain't that dude. I know that everybody was hoping he would be that guy. He ain't that guy. Um, We're through six games now, and I believe he's got five catches for about 100 yards. Kevin Green, Malachi Riley, you got to get some new blood in there. At some point, you know that this isn't the – at some point, you know that's not the dude going forward. He's in his fourth year in college. Again, this is with all due respect. You got to get Kevin Green. You got to get A.J. Jones, Malachi Riley – Players like that in there, Ben White, because we kind of know what's up with MLC. Well, and, and you saw tonight, unfortunately, Cowing did have to come out a little bit for with that injury. So you're going to have to have guys step up just because any position in college football, quite frankly, is is vulnerable. Right. So you're going to have to build some depth there. You're going to have to figure out who that number three guy is. If it's going to be Craig, I, at this point, I don't think it is. I mean, two two targets for 12 yards today, not not fantastic. But but outside of that, I, I don't see a whole lot of other guys in the box score, and that's a problem, Mike. you got to rotate different guys in here, uh, whether it's green, like you said, or some of these other guys that they have. And um, Arizona just has to find a way to to make that happen. And then on the running, the run, the, the rushing side, I mean, you look at it, um, Wiley is obviously out with the injury, but somebody like Coleman he can kind of be that big bully back who refuses to go down. He has his burst of speeds at the right time. So you've got a really well-balanced and, and deep running back room like we've talked about this whole time. And you've got a lot of talent at the receiver position, especially with Cowing and, and T-Mac. But at the same time, you can't rely just on those two guys. And especially in a game like this, right, where right. USC and you know how USC is. They're going to spread the ball around. They're going to go five wide, especially when their backs are pushed against the wall like they were tonight. And if you're Arizona offensively, I think this is maybe where Jed's, I guess, overthinking is coming in the sense because maybe he's thinking, okay, well, we have, you know, a really good run game when it's working. We have two really good receivers, but maybe there's just a lack of confidence there when it comes to spreading it out. And there has been some forcing uh, when it comes to the play calling like we saw, and maybe it leads to some overthinking like we saw tonight. Again, I'm not Jed Fish. I can't read what he's thinking in his head. But You're not Jed Fish. You're Ben White. I, I am Ben White. But at the same time, I think that all starts with figuring out what do we have in these other guys, and 
I get it's USC. I get it's a big time matchup, but especially when somebody like Cowing comes out, you got to be a little bit more open to rotating more guys in there. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk wide receiver. Number three should be Tanner. Sean, we appreciate that. He is a great safety valve and can stretch the field glimpses. Totally agree with you. All right. Johnny Nansen. We need to talk about Johnny Nansen. But first, there is no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Here's the deal. Go to gophnx.com, sign up, become a diehard, and you can get all kinds of cool stuff. You can get access to the Discord chat. You can get merch. You can get access to all of the cool things out there. Um, the Del Taco fan club uh, will be talked about there. We appreciate that as well. Check it out. But again, uh, no better time to become a diehard member. All right, Lost Highway says... MLC is just a deep threat and he's redundant. But the problem with that I have with that is I'm fine if he's a deep threat, but he's not catching any passes. He's not right. getting deep. Right. I mean, you know, that's kind of like the the uh, the running back that everyone says is the home run hitter yeah. and he never breaks anything. I mean, at some yeah. point you kind of well, are what you are. Yeah. And I mean, in watching it here, you know, I get it. You're watching it on TV. It's a little bit harder to see the whole field, but watching it here, I mean, he had his opportunities. He was out there. But like you said, Mike, on a lot of these deep plays or when Arizona had to stretch the ball, um, he wasn't even breaking away. And it got to a point where Fafita wasn't even looking at him. Right. He, just because there wasn't an option there. So I don't really buy that. I just think that you've got to figure out an, another way to get some other guys in there. All right. We got to talk about Johnny Nansen right here. But the reason we rely on your comments right here, everybody, is because you are smarter than us. Well, you might not be smarter than Ben One White, but you are smarter. No, you're than you're me. smarter than me too. It's okay. All right, but we need uh, we need you guys to be able to contribute here. Johnny Nansen has been brought up. Yes, salute emoji to Johnny Nansen right there. Last year was rough. I don't think <laughs> there's any doubt about it. Yeah, no. Took over for Don Brown, who I thought did a pretty good job his first year. Really well thought of defensive coordinator, and there was a there were definitely some ups and downs to put it mildly right there. Um, this year though. I don't know, you know, if it's just his evolution as a play caller, mm -hmm. having Dwayne Aquina in there, I think probably really, really helps. But this defense from top to bottom, from the defensive line to the uh, linebacking unit to the secondary looks like it is just more on. It's just more in sync. It's more on line with what uh, than it was last year, where essentially it felt like you were just trying to give up 15 yards each time and uh, hope that uh, they don't beat you deep. Oh, and by the way, they just scored because we just gave up five straight 15-yard plays. Johnny Nansen, leader of men out there. We are very proud of you, Johnny Nansen. You've done a very good job, Ben White. Yeah, we're proud of the whole program, just the way they've turned around the roster. And when you have guys like Big Bill Norton and Taylor Upshaw. Who's that again? And Big Bill Norton, your favorite guy. And you got a number of different guys on that defensive line who um, come from very highly regarded programs. They're, they're a lot more talented than what we're accustomed to seeing here. That's going to be the foundation of, of what your defense is going to be. I mean, how many times have we talked about on these shows that Arizona is going to have to win games at the line of scrimmage? And Arizona has the ability to win games at the line of scrimmage. Now, they're not getting pushed around. Uh, I think Jody Ayler and a couple other people made the point on Twitter. And, you know, we were talking about it, too, during the game where I can't remember the last time. Arizona football played a team like USC, especially in L.A., yeah. where you felt that from a physicality standpoint, you felt from a matchup standpoint, I'm talking both lines, offense and defensive yeah. line, Arizona just owned that matchup. They yeah. really did tonight. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> they really did. And it starts on that entire D line right there. And I think the thing that's exciting about all of this, and then we're going to get to the A factor there in a minute, but not yet, Jacob Franklin, not yet, my friend. All right, but... 
you know, I mean, just look at that starting D line right there and how much different it is. You got Big Bill Norton, 6'4, 330 pounds. Uh, then on the, uh, I've got Taylor Upshaw coming off there. Dudes from Michigan, Colorado, 6'4, 270. Then after that, you got Isaiah Ward. Then after that, you got a whole plethora of guys, Tai Tai Uyagalele. And then, and then you bring in obviously Justin Flo, who can come in off the edge, do a lot of different things. But, um, and uh, what did uh, what did uh, actually Ben? Yeah, White? yeah, not not to jump around too much, but um, circling back to the offense and, and the quarterback situation. Oh gosh, this is great. We'll, we'll get some audio here in a little bit, and uh, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping we can get some clarity here. But uh, Jed Fish just had his press conference, and we'll get that up in a little bit here. But asked if uh, Noah Fafita's performance affects the plan at quarterback for Arizona moving forward, and Mike, the answer was no, which implies that JDL is. Uh, all right. Still going to be the starter. All right. I'm just going to say this. We're going to retweet this and hopefully we can get this audio. Um, I don't really know what other, uh, I don't really know what, uh, uh, other to say about that. If this really doesn't impact the performance, then, um, I don't know what you watch. I don't, I don't know what you're watching then there coach. And that's with all due respect. Um, one dude has been drastically better than the other guy. And I will say this, like I said, um, one of the things that I, I I generally have a pretty good vibe for the feel of Tucson. Not always, not always, but I will say this. If you throw Jane Delora out there next week and Jane Delora is starting against Washington State, this city was going to have a conniption fit. And quite frankly, they should uh, because Jane Delora hasn't done anything this season to uh, Jane Delora hasn't done anything this season to uh, to really put that out there. That's where um, that's kind of where we're at with that um, now. If we could go to the uh, if we could go to the by the uh, or the the A factor right there from the great Jacob Franklin. There you go. Twelve penalties for ninety nine yards. That's Ooh, it. Ugly. I don't know what else to uh, I don't know what else to say right there other than um, you, those those are ones you can't leave on the those are those are yards that you can't get back and you can't leave those ones on the field. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't. I, again, I don't really know where. Uh, uh, if you're if you're the coach, you got to say, "Listen, man, we're going against a team loaded with five star players. We can beat that. We can be. We can we can play a good game and beat them. But guess what? We can't do. We can't give them a hundred yards of free, and that's essentially what they did. Now, granted, a lot of those were BS, and I'm you know I'm not going to sit here and uh, pretend they're not. But a lot of those were BS right there. Yeah. Um. Now. Especially there in the first half, where um, the USC receiver clearly dropped the catch in the end zone, mm -hmm. and they didn't reverse it. It right. was still a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, we're watching that, and again, you guys at home, maybe <laughs> you guys at home, um, but uh, maybe there was a little bit, maybe there was something else, but it certainly looked to me like that ball hit the ground. I mean, yeah. I don't, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> what exactly that was going on there, but it certainly looked to me like that ball hit the ground. This light will stop flickering. Um, actually it is a fire alarm going off. Um, all right, but either way, um, Arizona though, very overall, a good performance. It was just a tough one right here for the Wildcats to come out, uh, in this mode and to not be able to get that victory. Now, um, back the, a Ryan Delgadis. I think I got that right yep. now. Let's, uh, let me tell you something uh, really quickly right here. Um, 
we've got a uh, let's see here. We got Bet MGM. We got to get to here. All right, here's the deal. Bet MGM, my friends. All right, sign up for Bet MGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first Bet MGM sportsbook wager through Bet MGM sportsbook mobile application. With at least ten dollars, you will receive two hundred dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. You could have taken Arizona to cover, like we told you all week. And you would have made a lot of money. Let's hear from the great Shane Diefenbach. Link problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, we pre- we appreciate that, Shane. By the way, Shane was back doing uh, yeoman's work on the show today. It was good to see him back. Um, again, the refs were atrocious. We totally get that. Now, uh, let's go to Phillip. A great game, but I think a pitch to the short side of the field for a do-or-die two-point conversion was a super inept play call, or was not you have NFL receivers pass the ball in that situation. Dude, totally agree yeah. with you, man. Yeah. If my best players are my r- wide receivers, if my best player is T-Mac, and if my best player is Jacob Cowing, yeah, I'm going to put the ball in their hands. And again, Arizona, like we, we love Jonah Coleman. Um, we love Jonah Coleman, but at the end of the day, I'm also putting the ball in their hands right there, Ben One White. Yeah, 100%. I think what it really comes down to is I – do not think I would have a hard time believing watching another college football game at a high level or even an NFL game where the game is on the line. You've got to get the conversion. And that's the play call. I've never seen that in my life. I really haven't. Um, I understand that you want to get a little bit creative. I understand that when USC um, was in overtime, they shifted their entire offensive line to the left side of the field. And um, ultimately that worked for them. But as a result, I think Jed Fish interpreted that a little bit incorrectly and, and tried to do something a little bit too cute there. I, I just didn't like it. Arizona was moving the ball. They have a run game. I, I really wanted to see the ball in Fafita's hand because, honestly, Mike, when you throw five touchdowns and you put a heck of a performance out there like that tonight, you deserve to have the ball in your hands to, to ultimately win that game. Do you not? Yes, uh, you you 100% do. And my, again, I don't want to turn this into the whole uh, Jane Delora thing. I just don't believe this game would have been close with Delora because the plays that were out there, that uh, the plays that were out there, they would have, uh, that um, Noah Fafita took for your 10, 12, 15-yard completions, those would not have occurred, I don't believe, because right. I believe Delora would have run around and tried to look for something else. Fafita takes what's in front of him, and um, that's kind of where it is. Mike, can you, I, uh, you tell Shane uh, uh, You tell Shane on Twitter. Shane's my guy. I will tell Shane nothing but good things right there. Okay, now back the A-Ray. Our guy back the A-Ray. When the ref said touchdown USC after a clearing completion, it fulfilled a running gag about how the Pac-12 would award a TD when there is a penalty against Arizona. It was amazing to watch those bad refs. You know what else is amazing and that I had uh, uh, written down in my show notes? Has anybody out there, because again, I can guarantee you we have tens of millions of hours of football experience from our uh, beloved listeners or uh, uh, writers right here or viewers. Has anybody ever seen a play to start a game where – a kick returner was intentionally pushed by the other team into the ball to try to get him to uh, fall on the ball. I have never seen that in my entire life. 
And if anybody else has, I would love to yeah, hear. Let us know. <laughs> I would love to hear that because we were sitting there and it's like, uh, you had four guys making a concerted effort to push Jacob Cowing into the ball. How is that not a penalty first and foremost? Second right. of all, I've never seen this before. No, I've never seen that either. And it's just a laundry list of stuff. I mean, that's only one of them. I mean, we talked about the miscatch. I mean, there were just so many hits and just unnecessary roughness after the play um, on both sides. And unfortunately, when the refs ultimately did decide to make a call, it seemed like it was always going against Arizona when clearly Arizona wasn't really maybe instigating the, the behavior and, and whatnot. So it, I get it. You're fired up, especially U of A, because a lot of these kids are Southern, Southern California kids. Um, they take this game very personally. It means something a little bit different to them. Um, and both teams are really amped up. And that's one thing I guess positive to take away from it. Yeah. The, the officiating didn't go in your favor, Mike. And yeah, there were some frustrating plays and some frustrating things that you would love to have back. And maybe this is a different outcome, but Arizona, the university of Arizona wildcat football program came into the Coliseum and you got in the heads of the top 10 USC Trojans. Yeah. And again, uh, Eric Zimmerman says uh, fish uh, didn't look great in overtime, not knowing the rules <laughs> that was, that was definitely apparent, but, sure? um, but you know, whatever I, I can understand getting caught up in the, uh, the heat of the moment there. Now, what does this mean going forward? Arizona's had two tough losses against two top 10 teams. Um, I'm just going to, uh, let's see here. Tad says, why not play both QBs until you win? To me, you've got to go by what you see. Yeah. And, you know, that's we, what we've seen. Enough. That's with all due respect. Jaden Delora has been absolutely awful this season against Mississippi State. Kind of single-handedly lost that game. And then against Stanford, Arizona was going to lose until Noah Fafita came in and marched him down the field to be able yeah. to uh, uh, get that. So, honestly, when a dude's in his third or fourth year of college, I kind of know what you are sure and we we know what jdl is good or bad we know what jdl is with noah fafita there is a lot of room for upward progression and that's why i am going with him plus on top of that the entire defense i think would uh or the entire team i believe wants to go with noah fafita right there all right robert madrill says when was the last time we saw a competent d line they had some outstanding play dude yeah, totally agree 100%. that's the story of the game too yeah and and like you said, uh, looks like uh, uh, we uh, it, it's just weird seeing a defensive line that just passes the eye test. You don't really see that. And again, it's something that we generally don't see around here. Um, now, Tad says, uh, let's see here. Fafita isn't making all the plays. I mean, I'm sorry, bro. Like in two starts here, Noah Fafita's stats, you've got. And again, these are against two top 10 teams. Sure. You got eight touchdowns, two picks, almost 600 yards. You're completing 60 plus percent of your pass. That's who does not have those numbers uh, against good teams. Jane Delora. I mean, yeah. the, it, you can't watch both of these two right now and say that they're even close as far as what they put out up there on the field this year. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Sean says, tease up for Jacob Manu. Jacob Manu is the man. If, it really is. If there is, um, um, if Jacob, like he really, he, this whole team just kind of keys off of him. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a favorite here for a long time. Uh, legit. So-and-so says, uh, who says Fafita or yeah. Um, yeah, legit I think says, I think Fafita should still be the backup. I, I don't, I don't know what people are watching there. And again, I'm not meaning that in a condescending way. I'm saying that JDL lost you Mississippi state and he was well on his way to losing you Stanford right there. Um, you watch Noah Fafita, and one of these two does not look like the other right there. That's um, 
That's true. Now, TLN says, uh, man, who is great, but uh, kind of slow. Again, he's not perfect because um, if he was fast, he would be at Alabama right now. But uh, he is absolutely a uh, – he's, he's open, he's effective, and he's consistent. He is got a, to appreciate all that. He is a high-level linebacker at the Pac-12 level, and not only will we take that, we will embrace that every step of the way. Now – might say to yourself, Mike, do you have any other cool endorsements? Well, thanks for asking right here. Shady Rays. I can tell you for a fact that this guy right here, Ben White, Ben White, cooler than me, has Shady Rays. So if you're already cooler than me and you have Shady Rays, that means that your cool factor goes 10 times uh, cooler than that, whereas it can bring me up to a normal-looking person right there. But check it out. Shady Rays, all kinds of good stuff. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Um, now, <laughs> back the A-Ray. My guy says, Fafita mispronounced or misspelled can't be the backup, but Fafita is the starter. That's why we like our friend the sock puppet right there. Because back the array is not only a really good dude, he knows what he's talking about. This guy's got to be the starter. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, one guy says, I guarantee you're dealing with an ASU troll. But you know what? I would agree with that as well. All right. Now, looking ahead to Wazoo. This is a game. I believe Arizona can win every game uh, remaining on its schedule. Not saying that they uh, not saying that they uh, that they will. But they've certainly shown if Noah Fafita is the starter, that is the big caveat right there. Um no, if Noah Fafita is the starter, then I think Arizona can beat anybody on their schedule. That definitely 100%. that definitely changes if Jaden Delora is the starter. Um, we will uh, we will find that one out. But I hope that Jed is just playing just playing some gimmicks and stuff because he's not going to like the results. He's not going to like the reaction of the city no. if uh, if Jaden Delora uh, starts next week against Washington State. Ben One White. No, and and look, things change. I, I think we've talked about this, but I think this coaching staff they're realizing that the expectation is a lot farther along than maybe they thought. Um, did I did I think that they thought that they were going to win four or five games this year and maybe not be all that competitive? No, but I thought maybe they thought the offense was, was going to be a little bit different in the sense that JDL would play better, get game by game. But, you know, unfortunately, as, as we've seen here, when he's played and even in the second half of last year, he just gets worse each game. I mean, the consistency isn't there. You don't know what you're getting from him. And I think, the key too is tell me the clear cut difference that makes JDL QB number one instead of QB number two. I don't think there's really anything, you know, we talk about a pro con list or whatnot. I, I don't, I just don't think there's a number of different things that you can point definitively and say, yeah, he's good at this, this, and this, and here's the proof to back it up. He doesn't have it. But what I can, can tell you, Mike is no, Fafita goes out there, plays two top 10 teams, loses to USC by two, loses to Washington by seven and, and bell Stanford, uh, Arizona out, on the road in Palo Alto. And you see it. I mean, it's just an eye test thing. It's the fact that Arizona is able to move the ball efficiently on the offensive side. Um, is he flashy? No. But can he move the ball and can he get the job done? Yes. Because that's all you need with this, this team. You have pieces. You have great receivers. Granted, you've got some questions at the third receiver, Mark. I get it. But you've got a great running game when you when you decide to use it. So this team is built for somebody like him. It's perfect for him. Udifo right here. Udifo, just so you know the background right here. Udifo makes a living making me look silly on message boards but right now he's coming in with something we agree on there we go back the feet a get it 
like it. It's good. It's good. I think that that is a movement that should get started. And for the people out there that want JDL to start, I have some OGs for you. All right. Check out our friends at OG's Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OG's Brands and online at ogsbrands.com. To find them at the local dispensary near you, you must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. Okay, now, uh, let's see here. Uh, P-Posh, as always, appreciate the kind words. Um, let's see. I think, uh, I think more worth more playing time. Noah gets even better and competes. That again is where I'm at sure. because Noah Fafita has an upside that we don't know what it is as evidenced yeah. by he has started two games in his career. JDL started 27 games, Ben. Yeah. I mean, you kind of know what he is right now at this point, good and bad. And especially with so much stuff, that's always kind of swirling around. You don't have any of that with the Noah Fafita. And we always use we always use the term leader of men. And sometimes it can be a little bit overused. I get it. That's uh, <laughs> Noah Fafita, leader of men, though. You can tell they gravitate towards him, Ben. Look, they gravitate towards him. The locker room likes him. The players like him. The coaches love him. And he was brought here for a reason. He was brought here to be handed the keys. I get they've got some quarterbacks, but I would have a hard time believing with the way things are transpiring. And even before these two games that he wouldn't have been the quarterback at least next year. So you had the plan in place and I get it. You know, this is only his second start, but it's all about perception, right? And it's all about situation. And the situation, the last two games are two top 10 teams, two heck of games in the sense that you are right in that game. Up until the very end, Washington, USC, that's no joke. Those are the two games that we looked at, Mike, talking about after Mississippi State, after NAU, where we said, ah, we don't think Arizona even has a chance in those games. So right. the fact that you're able to even make that sentence and you're able to look at that schedule with what's remaining and think, oh, yeah, we can definitely find three wins there if everything stays healthy and everything stays in place. It's a great spot to be if you're Arizona. And I think we'll learn a little bit more about Fafita as we go. But from what I've seen from game one to game two, it's enough to show me that there is a level of progression there. Granted, the pick six was not pretty. I get it. He got a little bit rattled a couple of plays after that. Arizona was in a tough spot, and they were able to climb back in. But that's that's part of being a quarterback. You've got to get the reps, and you've got to get the experience in. And I don't think Noah Fafita lost in the game tonight. He certainly didn't. So I don't think you can say the same thing about somebody like JDL in these situations. One other thing we got to give them a lot of credit for, too, is when Arizona got up 17 nothing, and it looked like we were going to basically be the version of the 1985 Bears. Um, obviously, USC came back, got the lead. And if Arizona didn't have the character that it did, Arizona could have easily wilted there, wilted yeah. like a little prune in the desert. But it didn't, Ben. It came back. And not only did it come back, Forced its way into triple overtime. Um, that's kind of where we're at, though, with this. I thought they showed a ton of. Uh, I thought they showed a ton of. Um, a ton of gumption out there, for lack of a better term. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, they play with great effort. This team does not give up. Um, even if they're down two, three scores. Granted, they were very fortunate tonight, just because of how well their defense played, but. They're resilient. I mean, they are relentless, this group. And Jed Fish wears it on his sleeve with the way he coaches, with the way he preaches things. And it really is a reflection of, I think, the coach. And I think these players play hard. I think that they understand the situation that they're in. And when they look at the schedule, I know every game matters, you know, in black and white terms. We want to win every single game. But all of these games, you mean to tell me, T-Back, Noah Fafita, all these guys, especially all these Southern California guys aren't looking at this game saying, man, I would give anything to 
get this win. I would give anything to beat Caleb Williams. And you see it tonight. This team didn't give up. They didn't quit. And they could have easily quit there in that third quarter with all those penalties, with Fafita throwing the pick six and him getting rattled. But Arizona did not find itself in a hole. And its defense stepped up. It gave itself a, a great chance there. And Arizona was able to string together a heck of a performance here tonight, Mike. That's what it just keeps coming back to for me. Yeah, you guys are right. The first INT definitely killed Arizona. There's no there's yeah. no other way around it. But I still think, though, that uh, Noah played Could more. A lot worse. Noah played lot more worse. than good enough to be yeah. able to make up for that. All right. We're basically getting pushed out of here right now. Um, but again, appreciate all of you guys out there because you guys being many of the uh, points here that I would never think of. That's why I require Ben White here as well. But on that uh, on that note, we'll be back with you. Obviously, we'll be back with you in a couple of days, breaking everything down. But again, uh, and yes, I don't know if prunes wilt or not. I'm that was probably a stupid uh, analogy, but whatever. All right. But on that note, though, thanks again for every uh, everybody out there staying up late with us for Ben White. I'm Mike Luke, the great Jacob Franklin behind the scene. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.